Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Net Worth Podcast, where today we're going to talk all things women's tennis. Spread, joining us as always from the other side of the country. How are things in sunny Sacramento this Saturday? Oh, it's been sunny, man. I had to actually water my lawn. I can't believe it's February, and we haven't had rain for over a month, so it's dry out here already. Uh, You're allowed to water that, your it's lawn? Been beautiful. Yeah, hopefully, yeah, hopefully no one comes to my door. But oh, yeah. <laughs> what do you think about that, Jorge? A legal lawn watering lo- or oh God, lawn watering? <laughs> we got to worry about our third host. What do you think? I don't think I need anyone's permission to water my fucking lawn. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's jump in. We just finished a really fun match, the final in Dubai. Uh, Simona Halep wins in three sets, a third set tiebreaker over Atlanta Rybakina. Um, a really nice run for Simona Halep. A good week for her. Uh, you know, gutting out some tough matches against some better opponents. And, you know, absolutely obliterated Jennifer Brady. Um, you know, and again, gutted out a tough match today. And I know both of you guys were watching. And uh, I'll start with you, Jorge. What did you think about the end of this match, the third set? You know, how did Halep look to you? And you know, was this ever really nervy for her? Yeah, I mean, there were times. If you're a Halep fan, I'm sure you you were nervy. Um, I just think this match, and we said it just before launching, um, I think it kind of summarizes her career and the type of player she's always been. An absolute, you know, tough match against a, a powerful player who's in form, and she just had to grind her way through it and wait and wait and wait and find her spots, and she did. And I think huge credit to her. Like, that is a tough, tough match, and she gutted that out uh, for, you know, yet another title for the, the Romanian. Spread, how about you? What was your uh, big takeaways from this match? Yeah, I mean, how how tough must it be to play against Simona Halep, right? You get no free points. Uh, nothing comes for free. And she just makes you work for everything. And I think, you know, a lot of people discredit her um, and say, oh, she just hits it back and, and, they you know, they beat herself. But if you watch the depth that she gets on her ground strokes and her ability to control court position with her opponent, I think a lot of times – uh, the, her opponents, you know, just get frustrated and they maybe go for bigger shots than they should have in, in neutral or negative court position. And, and uh, I didn't necessarily see that from Rybakina today as much. Uh, but sometimes I think that because, you know, she doesn't hit the highlight winners, um, you know, she's not blasting the cover off the ball that we don't give her the credit she deserves. And uh, she definitely deserved a win today and, and just proves why she, you know, barring injury, she's going to be in the top 10 for next three or four years i mean guaranteed absolutely um you know again as, as you start to look at the loser of the match of course Rybakina, let's try to sum up her week a little bit um you know you've got um a pretty fantastic run here sorry i just lost my page let me get back over to it she's made five finals in the six events she's been, i'm sorry in the five tournaments that she's been in this year she's made the finals in four of them um, you know, only winning one tournament, but just an absolutely incredible run by her to start the season. Um, you know, Jorge, I know you're always big on fatigue and everything. What do you think about her in the next couple weeks? Are you going to be looking to fade her, you know, after kind of this long run? Or do you think that, you know, her being young and maybe her style of play makes her less um, conducive to some of those concerns? Yeah, I think that she's someone who's now shown us this year multiple times that uh, that she's not one that that's affected in the in in the same way as most other players uh coming off a long week she's went to the she went to the final in shenzhen backed it up with a win in hobart the next week and then now she's gone to the final in st petersburg backed it up with a uh, a final in dubai so um the one thing she will look to do is obviously become better at those 
in those finals. Um, she's now one and three in them this year. But I mean, reaching four finals in five events is incredible. With the one slam be or the one exception being a slam. So, just incredible, incredible stuff from her. Um, losing to Ashley Barty, you know, nothing to be ashamed of. Kiki Burton's another top ten-ish kind of player. Alexandrova is one of the the hottest players on tour right now. So the three losses weren't that bad. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that this week I'm looking to fit, oppose her only because she's playing Kirstea. Um, and even with the fatigue angle kind of uh, weighted down or, or I changed the, the way I, I factor in uh, for her specifically fatigue, I still see value there. So I will look for that. I wish she would kind of would just withdraw from Doha. I know it's, you know, the biggest event she'll play this year outside of Australian Open to this point as a, an eight uh, premier five, but I still wish she would withdraw because, you know, you've got Indian Wells coming up and you've got Miami coming up. And I, I, I feel like you'd rather be fresher for those than, than, uh, you know, going to, to Doha and potentially putting more, you know, mileage on, on a body that's already seen a ton of tennis this year. Spread. What do you think? Anything to add about, uh, Miss Rybakina, you know, what the rest of her year might look like? Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't think she should necessarily uh, withdraw from Doha. You got to remember, she's still really young, so she doesn't necessarily have the prize money. It's a huge uh, tournament when it comes to prize money here. So just playing in this first round, even if she's not able to make it, um, is definitely going to be worth the trip for her. And I'll tell you what, I faded her last week off the fatigue angle, right? Coming off a long week in Russia, <laughs> going down to Dubai, right? Oh, she's going against Sophia Kennan, you know, almost a, a similar... Uh, style matchup to the match she played today. I thought, okay, you know, that's going to be a tough one. Kennan's going to grind her out. And that was the first round, right? And we haven't really seen the effects of fatigue here uh, at all. I mean, maybe, maybe that was a result of today. But the way that Simona is able to coax errors out of all these players and, and just keeps the ball deep and just makes it so tough for attacking players to really feel comfortable. Um, I don't know if I would just chalk that up to fatigue as maybe just experience and, and giving credit to Simona. Um I'm actually afraid. I love the angle that, that Jorge's going to attack here with Kirstea, but honestly, it's like I'm almost moved her into the Medvedev category where I'm not even going to, like, use the fatigue on her. She doesn't seem to be getting tired at this point in her career, um, so I'm kind of afraid to get in front of her. So I'll be interested to see how she does, and, um, yeah, I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be a fun match, and I wouldn't be surprised if she made another run here in Doha. All right, gentlemen, you know, talked about Dubai on the scope during the middle of the week um, a couple times, actually. Any other thoughts, you know, before we wrap up here and jump into the week to come in Qatar? No, let's just go ahead and move on. We've done plenty of Dubai all week. All right, let's jump into Qatar. Elise Mertens is here defending her title over Simona Halep last year, Kvitova the year before that over Muguruza, Pliskova the year before that over Caroline Wozniacki, and then uh, 2016 CSN beat Ostapenko. That must be mm. one of Spread's most beloved memories. Um, well, maybe <laughs> not. I guess if Ostapenko had won the match, it would have been more fun. And then Safarova beat Azarenka the year before that. So um, an interesting kind of mix of playing styles and, and player names, but in general you tend to see some of the bigger names. Uh, let's start by going through the draw. Now make sure that if you are looking at these draws, you have an updated copy. Simona Halep is out, so Arena Sabalenka moves to the two seed in the bottom there, and it kind of shifts things around a little bit. But um, let's start with, uh, you know, let's go quarter by quarter here since, you know, it's a little bit bigger of a draw and we're only going through one tournament today. We'll get to Acapulco at a Periscope uh, probably tomorrow, but don't have any draws or, or really any information there. So let's start 
in the top quarter. Ashley Barty, the one seed at the top there. Sophia Kennedy, the sixth seed at the bottom. They both have buys in the middle. Um, a handful of qualifiers. Muguruza, Rybakina, if she decides to play. Um, Tom Janovich, as well as Diana Yastremska. Spread, we'll start with you. Uh, what do you think about this first quarter? A couple big names, and although some decent talent in between, do you think we end up with a Barty Cannon quarterfinal, or can anybody mess that up? Oh, yeah, definitely players can mess this up. I think that, um, you know, this is going to be a fun test of Barty's variety here. Uh, these slower courts are going to make it tougher. But remember, she won Miami last year on a, a surface that might be as slower or slower. So it's not like, you know, she's completely reliant, you know, on fast surfaces in order to get uh, her her game under control. But I do think that it gives a chance for some of these grinders um, to go ahead and attack her. Now, fortunately... Um, she doesn't really have many of those. Um, if Christea or Hercog can make it, you know, they could give her problems. Uh, Siegmund should be a tough uh, second-round match, and she's a grinder, but I still like uh, Barty there. Um, I think this is going to be an interesting test for Garbine now because, you know, the first one she kind of had no pressure, new coach, this and that. I think the target's back on her back. So let's see how she uh, responds to this mentally in a situation where um, – you know, it's funny, as a big hitter, we kind of think of her to prefer quicker services, but she does quite well on slower services, so I don't think this is much of a disadvantage here. Um, I like, can't, can't get, a, get a hold on at all. Um, she could obviously grind some out, but um, overall, I think this is actually pretty good for Kennan to be in a quarter with a bunch of hitters, and I think that she's able to play solid. She might have a good chance to emerge out of this quarter. Yeah, I like that. I was looking at kind of her as, as maybe the, the name to come out of this quarter. But what do you think, Jorge? You know, again, we've got two bigger names. Do you see any value from anywhere in the middle? I know Yastremska has been a fun pick so far. Unfortunately, we don't get odds on any qualifiers. Although I'm trying to remember who's actually in here. But what do you think about this quarter? Well, I have odds on Siegmund here. They have got her in there. And I believe she's a qualifier. So um, I can see, I guess, a few extra odds. Now, I, I think it's only up at 365. But uh, yeah. But yeah, I do Kazakina's think Kina's in there too. Yeah, I, I do think that um, this is an intriguing quarter. The three, you know, big name, the three almost co-favorites, um, Barty, Cannon, and Muguruza, are kind of all priced a little low. I, I can't bet Rybakina on like another to do this a third week running. Um, I can't bet Yastremska just because she's just so hot and cold and. Uh, it's hard to, to put a price on, on her that I would like to play in an outright from an outright perspective. Uh, and then there's not much I like uh, from the, the rest of the names. So I don't have anything here in the first quarter um, on, you know, quarter outrights. Now, on the outright outright market, um, it's hard for me because I'm trying to go over all the names on this outright market uh, and, and kind of cross-reference. But uh, again, like just looking at this draw, I'm not huge on, on anything. Um it's hard to, to piece it together and, and, you know, advance people through and, and be say, you know what, she has a really easy path, and I love the price for her to win. So it's a, it's a pass for me on the first, the first quarter in general. Yeah, I think I agree with kind of what both of you are saying. I lean Kennan just from an at, you know, if you're filling out a bracket perspective, but from a pricing perspective, you have those three big names, and it kind of messes everybody else up because there isn't you know, someone that you look to really pop here, like someone that's always fun to pick and stuff like this might be Van Uvank, but these courts are so slow that she's not going to have a chance to really do much. Um, you know, Kasekina 22 to one is interesting, but I also don't think they're that slow. 
Um, it's just tough to pick between those three names. So I think this is the quarter to stay away from as we start to break down the draw. Now, the second quarter, Pliskova, Kvitova, again, two big names. Um, but we've got Caroline Garcia, Ons Jabor, Jennifer Brady, Allison Risk, Petra Martic, Ostapenko. Um, CSN's also in here. Maybe a little more interesting group of names uh, spread. Did anybody stick out to you here um, as a possible upset alert? Uh, yeah, I like Jabor here. You're getting um, plus 5,000 if you want to take her as an outright. I think that's a great price. Um for a player who really seems to be coming into her own, um, you know, looked good last week, but didn't play a ton of tennis. So I'm not really worried about the fatigue angle. Um, and she'll be playing some hitters. So uh, I definitely think that she can kind of adjust her game uh, to more of a defensive style looking like I, I'm not sure the qualifier she's matched up with. Jorge, do you have that in front of you uh, who she plays in the first round? Sorry, uh, ask that again. Let me see. Uh, Owns Jabor. Yeah, she I'm plays. Is playing. Go ahead, Tori. Yeah, she's oh, okay. playing Katarina Sinyakova. Yeah. Sinyakova. Okay, so she's going to play Sinyakova there, right? She plays a hitter there. She'll play yeah. the winner of Brady or Risk. That's a hitter, and I'm thinking that. Um, Pliskova should emerge, so that'll be three hitters in a row. I think that kind of uh, sets up well for her to do well here. Um, so that was the one that I was looking out coming out of here. Um, you know, plus 5,000, that's a nice, generous price here. Um, you know, and I also like Pliskova too, but at 12 to one, I don't know if I'm going to take that plunge. Yeah. I, I like what you're talking about for Jabor. I think that the draw is sets up kind of nicely for her. I mean, we know Pliskova can struggle in, in just about any position, especially if the courts are a little bit slower and, and Jabor is a, a smart enough, clever enough, kind of mentally strong enough player to advance there. Um, you know, I don't know if I like her outright to win the tournament, but I'm seeing her price to win the quarter here at 10 to one. And I think there's a really good chance at 10 to one, you have her in the quarterfinal um, against whoever comes out there in the bottom half. what do you think about this quarter, Jorge? Anything to attack for you here? Yeah, on the overall outright market, I'm gonna I'm gonna go opposite of spread. I'm gonna take Pliskova at 12 to one. Um, I love her path through to the semifinal. Um, Barty, or Kennan will be a tough, uh, tough match up there if, if one of the, the two big names gets through. I'm actually kind of less worried about Muguruza, who um, I think has a more erratic game uh, going up against another big hitter. So I'd be I'd be a bit worried about Barty Kennan, but um, I think that's why you're getting this price because the seeds in the top half have looked a lot better this year than the seeds in the bottom half, or at least the seeds that had a buy in the bottom half. Um, in Bairton, or Bairton's bench, it's Fidelina Sabalenka, really the only one that scares me there is uh, Bairton. So I think it, this would all come down to the semifinal, and I think that 12-1 uh, to 1 is a nice price on Pliskova. Uh, little, you know, obviously a little a little juicy for the, the quarterfinal, but I feel like if you rolled over her money lines for her, the two matches she would need to win, uh, you wouldn't get anywhere close to, sorry, the three matches she would have to win. Uh, you wouldn't you wouldn't get close to the the plus two seventy five mark. So if you do like her um, to go that far, I, I think that inst- the the outright prices are probably going to be look a lot better uh, than the rollover parlays uh, along the way. So she's someone you can attack in the outright market. And the other small stake I might have here is Petra Martic. I don't know how you know tough it will be or how how she'd match up against. Kvitova and Pliskova back-to-back, but she looked really good this week. She's got a solid style. She's really smart on the court, uh, and that's the type of player you need to uh, to beat those uh, those types of the bigger hitters in the top 10. 
Yeah, the Mardich pick is pretty interesting. I think a lot of that comes down to how you think she's going to do in that bit of a match. Because if you do have her to win the quarter, which I'm seeing, um, you know, right around seven to one, if you think she can get through that match, just it's a really great price. Her first two matches are very winnable. I think, um, you know, if she can get through Kvitova again, you've got seven to one in, in the final there. Um, spread. What do you think of that matchup? What would Mardich Kvitova look like? That's so funny. We've been doing these pods for so long. Before we moved on, I was thinking I was going to try and jump in and make sure we touched on this. Uh, I think that that's one of the easiest ones for us to predict, right? I think that uh, both of them are most likely to be there. So we're going to get a battle of the Petras here. And because of this surface, I do think that Martich has an advantage here. Um, obviously, if Petra Kvitova plays her best, um, she wins this match. But we haven't seen a lot of consistency um, from her so far this season. While Martich has been somewhat consistent, you know, the matches she loses a lot of times, um, she's simply beaten. She hasn't beaten herself. So uh, I really like that angle here. And I actually had her um, advancing past Kvitova in the draw just because I like what I've seen. Um, from her consistency so if they do match up i'm going to be looking to get you know like uh, a 3.0 or a plus 200 or more and i'm going to be back in petra martich there yeah it's going to be a pretty interesting match but i like your breakdown there i think she definitely has a chance and if the pricing does look that way that could be um, pretty solid and again you know as to jorge's point if i look here and try to figure out you know kind of what the money line rollover would look like versus just taking that seven to one i think i like the seven to one better but that's a really interesting look there. I, I think I like that. Um, we'll wait till the recap section to see whether or not I talk myself into uh, Mardich there. All right, gentlemen, any other thoughts on the second quarter or the top half in general before we jump into the bottom? Nope. All right, third quarter. Svitolina at the top, Benchage at the bottom, Anna Samova, Alexandrova, Schwitek, Vekic. Mertens, Wang Jiang, Pavel Yuchenkova, Putin Savon, Ladenovich, Kudermatova, all in the middle. This is just an awesome quarter. There's going to be a lot of really good matches here, and things look really, really tight. Um, we'll start with you, Jorge. I mean, Svitolina has not had a great start to the season. Do you think that this is an opportunity for her to maybe finally find some form? You know, she's got a buy here, so she's already into the second round. And again, things are a little bit slower here, so you would think that she would have some success. But uh, what are you expecting from her and then this quarter in general? Well, I think that this is a great spot. We always look, especially when you have eight players with buys, there's always going to be a heavy skew uh, in their pricing because they have one fewer match to win uh, in the outright market. So anytime you get a quarter where you have attackable players on buys, you're going to get decent pricing uh, from everyone else. And I think this is the quarter to do that. Neither Benchich or Svitolina has been particularly impressive um, for, for you know, stretches at all this year. So I'd go ahead and look at the other names uh, and their path through and, you know, the, the, the pricing, like who who is set up to take advantage. And I think that, um, you know, Alexandrova is a name that pops out in that regard. Uh, she's plus 850 the fourth favorite in, in the quarter, and one of my favorite favorite players to back at plus 1,000 uh, would be Iga Sviatek to win the, the quarter. I know that it would be, you know, her having Vekic right off the top kind of makes it tough, and she's uh, she's about out of pick right now on the books that have released the number because not everyone has the qualifiers or the qualifiers and this match out because this match was uh, supposed to be Sviatek's uh, Sabalenka. Sabalenka moved into... Uh, so the, the bottom, uh, the number, I guess the number two slot there after Halep withdrew. 
gets the bye, so then they had to re kind of uh, redo who she plays, and that's Donna Vekic. Um, and then her second match against Kuznetsova Buyukashai, I'm going to say Kuznetsova, and then I think she's got the game to beat Alina in her current form, and, and Benchich doesn't scare me at all uh, coming through. And the uh, the third name here, and the, again, this is probably where you want to attack, is Veronica Kudermatova, another one of my favorite young players that I continually back and think is serially undervalued by uh, bookies in the market. And I think um, those are the three names to look at. Alexandrova plus 850, Shratek plus 1,000, and Kudermatova plus 1,600, uh, all to win the quarter. And then if you want to look at their outprices too, you could throw down some, some lunch money on... Uh, on them and and I think the lowest they're th- plus thirty three hundred plus four thousand and Kudermatova's plus eight thousand so a lot of interesting uh, uh, angles to 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 tackle here in the third quarter. I love that Kudermatova look. That was in the name that I had circled. I think that Benchich is an attackable player in this quarter, especially given the pricing. I mean, you look at Mertens, Wong, uh, Pavlyuchenko, and Putin Seva. Those are four kind of fun names, and I think those. Our guys are going to come out of there pretty beat up. So uh, Kudomertova, I think, is a, a winnable match there in the first round. And, you know, Benjic, again, continues to struggle. Kudomertova absolutely has the talent to beat her. And then, you know, she takes the winner again of that foursome. I think, again, she's the favorite there, maybe looking at Svitolina, Alexandrova, possibly even in the top part of that quarter. So I love her quarter price at 16-1. to 1. Um, And, again, her outright price, let me just double-check. Yeah, 66-1. to 1. Um, now that's a little different. We'll talk about the fourth quarter in just a second. I, I am looking, though, more for outrights in the bottom half of the straw. You know, we talked in the top half. You've got Barty, you've got Muguruza, you've got Kennan, you've got Pliskova, you've got Kvitova. It makes things tough for me to grab an outright there. But, you know, kind of the bigger names here in this half have been struggling a little bit. So I'll think about that one a little bit more. But Kudomitova 66-1 to to win. It is interesting. Uh, as much as I love Alexandrova, I always worry about... Her, it's just this is a, such a tough draw, you know. Anna Samova and then Svitolina on the slower courts. But spread, why don't you hop in? What do you think of this quarter? Man, I think Svitolina got a great draw for her style of play. You know, we talk about Kennan being in the hitter's quarter. Svitolina's kind of in the defender's quarter. And a lot of times, uh, Svitolina does very well against defenders that just don't defend as well as she does. Uh, And I think that we have uh, a lot of that going on here. You know, for her to be in there uh, with Mertens, um, Wong, Benchich, um, you know, she'll play a hitter in her first match. But after that, you know... um, most likely she's going to be um, playing against players where I think that she has a stylistic advantage. So I think that this draw shaked out uh, pretty nicely for her. Um, going ahead and pulling up her outright price, it looks like she is at um, – hold on a second, I'd switch this page. Uh, 16 to 1, I really don't think that's a bad number. I think she's got a really good chance to make um, the quarterfinals. And the other player I was looking at here for I think that she'll do well on this fir- uh, surface is Fiontech. At plus 5,000, I might just go with a couple plus 5,000s and just uh, see how it goes. So the two that I'm looking at out of this corner is Fidelina and Sviantec. All right, Svitolina, let me get that down here. Uh, I agree, Spread. I think the draw does kind of open up nicely for her. So um, as optimistic as I am, though, all the pricing kind of makes sense. Although, you know, three and a half to one to win this quarter is kind of interesting when you compare it to being similar to the Pliskova Kvitova price. And I don't think Svitolina is going to end up playing someone that that good necessarily in that quarterfinal. You compare it to some of the Barty, Kennan, Muguruza prices. I guess at this point it's just, you know, we haven't seen Svitolina's best tennis, so maybe the market's not ready to price her that way. 
Um, but if you think she's going to come out and play well this week, what do you think, Jorge? Is there a little value in that plus 350? Mm, no, I mean, it's it's really tough because she hasn't put together a good week yet. Uh, while wins, she looked like she was finally getting around to it. She beat Scoofs and Sanders as she you know should in, in convincing and easy fashion. And then lost to now Habino, and, and you know you get the impression that it was kind of a tank job, but I just don't understand why she would do that, um, considering how badly she needed a stretch of four or five good matches, you know, in quick succession. I think it would have been smart to have continued to, to play hard. And if it wasn't a tank, then you know that makes it even worse. So uh, I cannot bet Svitolina in an outright capacity, especially considering her pricing um, at most events, just because she is you know, consistent top 10 player that I, I'm going to go ahead and pass. She, you know, went to the semis here last year. So she, she, you know, she has the ability. She's comfortable both in Dubai and here. Uh, the year before, second round to, to Kvitova, like she's had her problems here with some of the better players. And, um, you know, this is a field full of them. Um, the, the, the lucky part for her is that she's in that bottom half, but I don't think there's any value on, uh, on the outright pricing. Now, jumping into the fourth quarter, Burton, Sabalenka, and then in between, we've got Mahova, Lynette, Shea, Vondrusova, um, Zachary, Julia Gorgas, Annette Contivate, Sevastova. Um, kind of another interesting quarter, and I think another one that's attackable. Um, you know, Kiki Burton's coming off playing really great tennis in St. Petersburg. This is, should be a very different experience from her sur- for her surface-wise. Um, Sabalenka, again. Not necessarily playing the best tennis and maybe not the best fit surface-wise for her. Uh, Spread, we'll start with you this time. As you take a look at this fourth quarter, are there any names that pop out to you? I mean, I should be attacking this quarter, right? Uh, Real quick before I go into my little spiel, would you guys agree with me that this is the weakest quarter out of the four? I think it's between this and the third quarter for sure. And I think you're right. I like the third quarter slightly better. Yeah. What do you think, um, Jorge? I think the... (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's these are tough. Close. Like, put it this way: they both suck. Um, and, <laughs> like asking, like the, my problem is a lot of the times we're getting these. You know, we're having these questions of um, what do we think of this player, that player. It's it's just hard to answer a lot of these because their prices are so short and they're so out of form. And the same thing here in the fourth quarter: like, who here inspires you on an outdoor hard court? Like, no one. Um, and I think I heard the name Julia Gerges here as well. Uh, that's a price I love. Actually, hold on one second, because spread. We we talked about this last week, and this is kind of a fun conversation. I just pulled up the odds for the winning half, and it looks like it's minus one twenty each way. Top half, bottom half have the same odds to win this tournament. Again, I, I don't. This is not something we necessarily prep for, but I, it's been interesting to look at the last couple of weeks. So, as much as we are kind of down on the bottom half, the market seems to think it's about even. No, as to who well, wins. I think there might well, be some value in that, though. Go ahead. Sorry. Hold, hold up, hold up, hold up. Because that's an interesting price, considering the fact the winning quarter markets, first and second quarter, uh, I, they have the third quarter more likely than the second quarter. They actually have the second quarter as the least likely to win the tournament. And I think that skews the pricing. A quarter with Kvitova and Pliskova cannot be less likely to win, for my money, than a quarter with Svitolina or Bencic and Bertens or Sabalenka as the two players with the buys um, that, you know, kind of have them are, are going to be the most likely representatives uh, to go through. So I do agree that, yeah, it's winning half is value. And then you try and dive into why. And it's because I think they've severely mispriced quarter two um, as the winning quarter. 
Interesting breakdown. All right, spread. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I got to bet that. You got to let me know where I can find that on, on my American books when it comes out. Um, so we'll, just real quick, though, uh, the names that do jump out here is Burton's. I know that, you know, we talk about the surface change, but I think that she actually adapts to it quite well. Um, she's got no problem. You know, her serve is still going to translate, and, you know, her ground strokes are going to look great on the slower surface. I think that, um, you know, I wouldn't necessarily be high on her here, but I think that she's got such a favorable draw. I think this is a great look for her. Another one that jumped out to me is Sakari. Um you know, I think that, you know, going against Gorgas in the first round, the way she's playing, I like the form that, that uh, Sakari's carrying a, a much more. Um, you know, she obviously always has problems with Sabalenka, but if Sabalenka's not playing her best, she can go ahead and do that. Um, don't trust Kontavite or Sevastova at all um, on a, you know, tournament outright basis. They obviously can play brilliantly and beat anybody. Uh, more the Kontavite there than Sevastova. Um, but they can't put it together for a full week, either of them. Um, so you throw their name out of the outright market uh, completely. Uh, Vondrasova has not impressed me with her form, and, and she seems to be actually overvalued by the market after, you know, we enjoyed her being undervalued until that French Open run um, last year. I think Shea obviously can upset anybody, but I don't think she can put it together for the, for the full match. So uh, the two that I'm looking at here are Kiki Burton's and, and Sakari. Like Sakari had her on my list, the other name that I had was Carolina Mahova. Um, if she can, I think the, the first match against Lynette's winnable, then she's got Burton's coming in kind of cold on a slower surface. And then the winner of kind of that Von Drusova, Zhang's, Vonareva, Shea group um, looks kind of attackable as well. I mean, Von Drusova should come out of there, but the market's got her at 5-1. to one. So, see Zachary 11-1 to win this quarter. Mahova at 14-1 to one to win this quarter. That's what I'm looking at. How about you, Jorge? I'm looking at Gerges, um mm. here. I think, you know, she's actually been playing some half decent tennis this year and this is her preferred surface uh i love her game and she's in an attackable quarter she you know lost to kirstea last week who we've you know we talked about being better than the the market generally sees her she's lost in three to risk uh two tie breaks to benchich um and her, her worst loss was wozniacki in the quarters in auckland but the other three losses are you know not the worst uh, multiple tie breaks uh, in there that uh, she she managed she couldn't manage to win and so I think that, you know, those being high variance kind of set deciders, I'm not, I'm not scared off by those. Uh, and 14 to 1 seems like a great price for me here. I like uh, the fact that her, her first match is, you know, kind of a toughish one. And I think that's why we're getting these, these tough odds. But I, uh, I'll, I'll be honored to beat Maria Suckery. And then her second match is kind of like probably where, where the first round match should be, either Martin Kova or Doi. And then it's Arena, and I think that's the toughest out here for her. Um, and we'll we'll see in the second in the second round whether she's in the same form as she was in last week, where th- there was the best I'd seen her play in a long time, um, or whether she is you know back to spraying and and double faulting, and you know we we get a, a very winnable that match there for Gurgis, and then all of a sudden we're into the quarters and and off we go. So. Um, I'm going to be on Gerges, and just to win the quarter is fifteen dollars, so four plus fourteen hundred. Yep. And I, you know, plus eight thousand on the overall outright market. I think those are a little off. Yeah, the Gorgas price is interesting to me. I just I think that she struggles in that first match against Zachary, and I wish she was playing a little better tennis. But I don't think that you're far off there. All right. Um, any other thoughts from you guys here in the fourth quarter or the bottom half in general? Um, and then I probably will need your guys' help just a little bit doing the recap. I'm a little behind on that. 
Um, so unless you guys have any other thoughts, Spread, why don't you um, run us through quickly again what you, what you have here in this draw? All right, I'm going to go for Owns Jabor at plus 5,000. And um, who was the other one I liked at plus 5,000? Uh, Sviantek. That plus 5,000. So that is going to be your two outrights. Did you have, I don't think you had any quarter bets, did you? I don't. I didn't have quarter prices up, so uh, if those even hit up, uh, they will. The only one who ever really seems to spread them is Bovada, of the uh, the offshore books that I use, and so I don't even look into that market that often because I don't get it as much. But please, 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 because I'll be busy <laughs> before the tournament starts. If you see that on any of the offshores that you know I use, send me the top quarter to beat the to bottom quarter because I love that bet. Top half, bottom half. Gotcha. I mean, yeah, top half, bottom half. Please, please. All right, Jorge, why don't you? Uh, refresh my memory. What do you got? I have Pliskova twelve to one uh, for the tournament outright, and then I'm going to take. You know, these are all small, so that'll be a half unit. I don't do full units on outrights. Uh, I just I don't like them as 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 much as I think most people <laughs> do. Um, there are some spots I'll find, but I, they're always small. Uh, and then I'll do a quarter unit on Sviatek, uh to win the third quarter. Plus a thousand, Kudermatova to win the third quarter plus sixteen hundred, and then a half unit because the pricing just dictates it on Gurgis plus fourteen hundred to win the fourth quarter. So I think my total outlay will be about a unit and a half. I, I have way too many. Uh, you, you know, the outlay for me is is huge on a day to day basis because of the volume um, and and you know handicapping seven or eight tournaments a week that I just I can't afford to tie up uh, money in you know, outrights that aren't my best ROI anyway. Yes, yeah, I start to look at, you know, kind of what I had circled here. My, my real place from a quarter perspective, again, looking at Cooter Matova there in the third quarter as well as, um, shoot, I'm sorry, it's Cooter Matova as well as Schweitek. I like both of them in that third quarter. Um, Svitolina, I think I'm actually going to take an outright on her to win the tournament at 16-1. to 1. I just, this draw sets up really nice for her, and I, I think yeah. that... Um, this is maybe a chance for her to find some form and, and just you know kind of move through this this event. It just sixteen to one seems really short. I feel like she should be closer to ten, maybe even almost single digits. Um, and then from a fourth quarter perspective, Sakari to win that quarter um, as well as Mahova to win that quarter at eleven to one. Uh, from an outright perspective, I like Kudermatova. I'm seeing eighty to one on Bet three six five. Now there's a fifty to one at Unibet, so hopefully I get a swing at that eighty to one. I like that number quite a bit. Um, you know, the Saccharine number, 50 to 1, not necessarily interested in that. Um, and then Mahova, who I like quite a bit, again, 66 to 1. Um, I'll think about that one for just a little bit. But again, I'll go just Kudermatova uh, from an outright perspective with Svitolina as well, and then the quarter bets. Um, but I'll sum all those up and get those onto our little sheet. Um, any thoughts from either you guys from just a tournament perspective before we jump into um, all these first round matches? Yeah, I'm just I'm just excited to watch uh, not from a you know additional bet perspective, but I'm a, I'm really excited to watch these young players in the third quarter, um, and uh, I'm glad I'm I'm going to be backing uh, backing them to uh, to do well because I, I really hope they do. All right, let's start with the first round matches. Elise Mertens, Wang Jiang, Mertens minus two seventy eight, uh, Wang Jiang plus two nineteen. Um, Wong has not been getting a lot of respect in some of these matches from the market. I think this is the second or third time she's been this large of a dog to, you know, a player of kind of Merton's caliber. 
what do you think, Sprint? Does that make sense to you? No way. You got to play. If you're playing this match, you have to play Wong, right? There's no way I'm laying that with Elise at this number. Now, Elise will probably win, and I don't know if I'll get involved, but I, I mean, I do think the pricing is off, and I'm taking a hard look here at, at taking Wong. I, I think that this is, you know, kind of an overreaction, and I think that if Wong plays anywhere um, close to her best tennis, um, she can obviously. Um, you know, do well. Obviously, she lost to Mertens uh, this week, so maybe that is the reason that price is there. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm taking a hard look at Wong here. I think this price is off. What do you think, Jorge? Well, this is undoubtedly, uh, as Spread mentioned, uh, uh, the product of an overreaction to um, their match, right? I think it was two in love that Mertens won. So uh, knowing that, the, that it's more, it's not likely that that kind of, result is going to happen again here i would say that yeah you're probably finding value on wong i'm not going to back her because i do think elise wins and i um i, I still think fairly highly of elise mertens relative to the rest of the market just obviously it's tough to <laughs> to to value in this spot where um last week's win has, has distorted the the odds so much so i'm going to pass all right jorge i'm going to start with you first on this next match because fitlana kuznetsova is playing someone whose name i can't pronounce what do you think of her chances <laughs> Kyla Buyukashai in a WTA tournament. Oh man, like, that's one I won't be watching and I won't be investing in. Put it that way. Anything to add, spread? It sounds like the intro to that old Ray Mysterio song, but um, yeah, no, I don't have much to add either. It also kind of sounds like um, I'm trying to remember the other character, uh, the guy that played the Sasha Baron Cohen played. He says Buyukashak. I can't think of his name. Yeah, anyway, um, Ali G, maybe. That's right, Ali G. There you go. Uh, Kiki Modenovic plus 102 against Veronica Kudermatova minus 123. Boy, that looks like a cheap price on Kudermatova. What do you think, Jorge? Yeah, I mean, if if you like, if I like her to win the tournament, I think I have to like her here. And um, at basically a pick'em, that's that's great value. I think you should be you should be in it, especially if you're going to take her on the outright market. I mean, if you don't think it's value for her to win. You know, 55% of the time in an opening match, I can't see thinking it's valuable for value for her to win the quarter, um, you know, at the price she's listed at. So I think you have to here. All right. That's two of us on board. What do you think, Spread? You know, it's funny as I originally linked Kiki, but, you know, we have an interesting situation here where I, I, I like, uh, well, we don't like the 3-0 and anyways, so it's probably both better for you guys here. Two, two to one seems to be the, the best way to get these uh, bets going. But, um, you know, I think both players are coming in in pretty good form, right? Uh, Kuda Mertova, I thought, was kind of disappointing to end last year, and I think that she's rounding into form. Um, same with Mladenovic. You know, she had that nice little bump uh, with adding Sasha Bayan last year. Um, then that kind of wore off, and then obviously he left, uh, and she's no longer working with him. And I thought that created a great dip there. Um, when she did lose him, I think that was kind of emotional, tough for her uh, to tough uh, go through. But I think that she's at a place where, you know, her coaching life and her personal life is kind of stabilized. I think she's pretty good with everything that's going along. And I think the results have kind of showed. I think, uh, you know, I you know wins over Sastinovich, Hercog, um, Kasekina. I mean, these aren't like uh, banner wins. But if you're going to be moving up in the WTA, those are the type of uh, wins you need to be notching. I don't really downgrade her too much for her loss to Pliskova. I think that's a really tough matchup for her because I think Pliskova kind, kind of plays a similar style. 
um, just better than her. And, and Kudermertova, the same thing. You know, she was able to beat Yastremska, who was a player I was high on going into last week. Uh, she beat Sands, Martin Kova last week. And then uh, I don't really downgrade her for the loss to Garbin either. So uh, I think this is a fascinating match between two players who are taking their seasons in the right direction. Um, don't know if I get involved, but I think I kind of lean Kiki here. Mahova, minus 115 against Lynette, minus 106. Kind of a similar handicap here for me you know, as to what Jorge described in the last match. I like Mahova from an outright perspective, so I think I certainly like her at minus 115 here. What do you think, Spread? Yeah. Um, I, I'm i not as high on Mahova at this moment. I don't think that she's necessarily playing that well. Um, losing to Siniakova is... I don't know. I, I wasn't really impressed with her level at that match. I, I really thought that she let um, Siniakova get away there. And then before that, the last time we'd seen her was in the Australian Open. You know, she looked all right there. You know, beat Flipkins, lost to, to CeCe Bellis, but not a lot to go on. And then we have Magdalenette, who's over there just beating up um, ITF-level players at Wild Win, But still, that, that puts her in great form. Um I don't know. I, I'm actually kind of looking at, at Lynette here, but this is a problem with trying to back Lynette is these are the type of matches where she falls short, right? She beats the players that she's supposed to beat, and then when she goes against the more talented players, she falls short. So uh, lean Lynette, but not sure if I'm going to place a bet. What are you seeing here, Jorge? Perfectly uh, summarized there by spread. Um, everything he said I agree with. Uh, the form is the primary con- primary concern for me, and um, – yeah, that's a pass for me. I mean, the pricing seems about right, considering how Mahova's looked this year. Her one match was a 7-6 third set tiebreaker win against Flipkins. That was her lone win on the season. So it's going to be tough for me to get, to get back in until I see something turn. Yeah, you guys make a great point about that. I think that's part of the reason maybe I'm seeing a little value here. I need to build maybe a little more of that into my handicap. Siegman minus 455 against Shvedova plus 348. Anybody have any thoughts on this match? Yes. Yes, uh, this is one where you should be backing Lawrence, uh, Laura Siegmund on the handicap. We talked last year a bit about, you know, you find these spots where you get five five games and it's, it's uh, you know, even money. And people say, how can that be value? Well, there's, there's certain matches where you should have the spread at six, six and a half. This is one of them. Um, unfortunately, I don't have my books. The only one that, uh, the only two that I use that have any kind of... Uh, odds up are bet365 and bet hard um, bet hard and bet365 one is minus 140 one's minus 138 uh, on the minus four and a half games and bet hard doesn't have their alternative spreads up yet so i i can't even look to sell the half to five um, i'm hoping pinnacle comes in with uh with something nice for me um in the four and a half range maybe at minus 125 and then they all they put up five different uh half games so i'll probably sell the minus five and hope for a decent price Yaroslava Shredova has not played a match since March, sorry, May 30th of 2017. It's a long time. Okay. She's using a special ranking, which implies injury. I, I thought she was retired, so I almost wonder if, like, she's just decided to return to tennis. I don't know what the injury was, but she was 4-14 and 14 in 2017 and 25-25 25 and 25 in 2016. I mean, she's 29-39 and 39 in, her, in her last, uh, I guess, 58, 68 professional matches here. Uh, on the W or professional in general, um, so even in 2016 and 17, when she was probably in her late 20s, she she was really declining at that point. And 
I don't understand how on earth against a consistent player like Siegman she's going to win more than four or five to- uh, games total. This line for me should be six and a half. Uh, six three six two is where you should be winning by the hook, not minus four and a half. I've already got a bet in at bet three six five. Um, it's not a full max because I'm I'm waiting for Pinnacle to see if I can get a better price. I don't want to, uh, but I, at the same time I don't want that market to disappear on me at 365 and the market course corrects before I get anything in. So I am taking the value on minus four and a half and I'm hoping that, you know, I can find a better price once Pinnacle and Unibet come out with their prices and that'll allow me to maximize my value um, in terms of uh, my investment because I don't want to invest, you know, a four unit play here on, on Siegman minus four and a half and then lose 10 cents on the dollar on a big play when when the other books do come out with it. So I think it's a good compromise is to take the value while it's there uh, and, you know, kind of hope that it sta- it sticks until the other books post. What do you think, Spread? Happy to lay the games here? Yeah, I agree with him. And I can't believe, Jorge, you didn't bring up the highly relevant head-to-head win that Siegman got over Redova <laughs> in 2014 on clay. <laughs> Tremendous. No, but he, he summed it up perfectly. I was telling Jorge before we started, I don't even know if I've remembered watching her matches because, I mean, I'm sure I've seen one, but it was so long ago, I literally don't remember. Um, so, But, yeah, I'm happy to jo- join in on the, on this Siegmund play, and I think this is one of the best first-round plays on the board. It's a shame Steve's not here with us. We've got Aussie on Aussie action, Hans oh, playing yeah. Tomo Janovic. Um, what do you think here, Spread? Tomo Janovic is a pretty big favorite. Kind of makes sense to me, but I know Hans has been playing a little better. Um, any thoughts on this match? Do you have a price for me? Uh, up Sorry, right uh, 215 would be the odds on Han. Tomjanovic is minus 263. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think the odds would say it's Han or no play. I don't think I'm going to get involved here, but uh, Isla, I haven't really been too impressed with her. She lost to uh, uh, Bethany Maddox-Sands there qualifying in Dubai. Um, lost to Potapova in St. Petersburg. Um, and, you know... She's really up and down, and I think that she's been down lately. You know, we were high on her for the Australian Open. Uh, Garbine beat her, and Dar- Garbine played well. I didn't really downgrade her that much. Um, she was able to beat Vondrasova, who actually is not in good form either. Um, so, if you are looking to play this match, I think you play the underdog here. But I don't know if I'm going to be doing that. Any angle for you, Jorge? Yeah, um, it's either I agree with spread again here. It's either Han or her pass. Uh, I'm seeing a 225 now at uh, 365. You can get you know as low as three oh uh, two plus two oh five at bet hard and as high at as uh, plus two forty at bet victors. The market hasn't settled here. Some books haven't posted, so I don't have a play for now. If that gets into the plus two forty range at you know some of my books, I think I have to play it. Uh, she's looked solid. I mean, she beat Hradechka's. Uh, that had to be a win for her, uh, and she did it in convincing fashion, six four six one. And then she beat Ludmila Zipsanova in the uh, in the second qualifying match and that's a very 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 good win between two young players that i both think are serially undervalued and underpriced and i think that uh you know she's challenged and i know you know i hate head to head but she has looked competitive from what i remember against tom i think she's played her uh two or three times now and i believe she's taken a set in every match so like i'm not huge on a ton of head-to-head reliance in your handicap but if she has looked competitive against her before i think that much at least is relevant all right, Muguruza playing Kasatkina. Spread your girl Dasha plus two ninety nine. Any value in the dog? I mean, probably just because of the surface. But I just want to take this moment to lament 
the first round matches that Dash has received this year. I was hoping that she'd come back this year, and uh, the tennis gods have not been kind to her. First, she drew Garbine here. Um, <laughs> she got uh, Kiki uh, last. Oh, she might have got Vicklin Seva in the first round on that last one. So, Oh, no, that was qualifying, so she didn't even qualify. She got Alexandrova. She got Madison Keys. Uh, Belinda Bencic after she qualified and, and Annie Samova so she's really had a tough year competition wise uh, maybe this is where it breaks through um, I do think that she does have the kind of steady game if Garbine doesn't bring her best um, I think it's probably worth the play on the underdog here um, but just be no when you hit submit you know there's a there's a chance that she can never be in this match and Garbine just beats her like six two six one if she brings her form but I think the price kind of reflects how poorly Dasha's been playing um, but on the slower surface and against an inconsistent player I think the the underdog is worth a look here. What do you think, Jorge? I think you support the dog as well. Yeah, I think there's a, there's a decent chance that uh, that she's competitive and if you know Garby reverts to you know. She looked like she looks like she's been in great form, but we know that can drop off in an instant. And if she gets frustrated, uh, I think Dosh has got a, a chance to 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 grind her down. Um, again, like it, it's not one of those plays where I think she's she should be the favorite and she's winning, you know, sixty percent of time, <laughs> the time in this match. But I think there's certainly value to say that, you know, she certainly wins it more than the twenty two percent that uh, bet hard has implied at uh, plus 350. So I'm oh, actually entering that, wow. bet, uh, that bet right now for Dasha as we speak. Um, and I, I definitely think that you're, uh, you're, you're looking at some value there. Again, Pinnacle's not up with this yet, and neither is Unibet. So I'm kind of, you know, I, I just don't think that you're going to get any better than that. The market right now is, is plus 300 at Bet Victor is the next closest line. And then you've got most in the plus 275 to plus 290 range. So I don't think Pinnacle's going to beat Bet Hart's for, uh, plus 350 here. So I'll go ahead and take that uh, right now without even uh, having to wait for, for Pinnacle to drop their price. Now we often talk about matches where anything could happen. This next one is a great candidate. Bernardo Pera <laughs> is playing Caroline Garcia. This could be fast. This could be slow. It could be fun. It could be horrible. I could see either wo woman winning this match in just a myriad of different ways. So as we enter that kind of morass, Jorge, how do you uh, parse that, and, and do you have any feelings here? No, I, I, again, I agree here. Um, I don't know if you can necessarily take a Caro fade with uh, Bernarda. Um, I, I, I've, I've given up on the fact that Garcia, as a pick against a player she should beat, is value because she's proven over and over again that, um, you know, I, I've got too much of the history and not enough recent form my handicap of her so i've kind of adjusted that and i don't i don't see any value on her here um and i, I probably honest to god i won't bet her again until she fires her dad uh as coach because i i have continually said that she's value she's value she'll find it she'll find it and it's been over a year now and she hasn't found it and uh until i think his name is louis paul is gone i'm not backing her all right spread can you make any heads or tails of this yeah, I mean, I'm going on the blind Carol fade. I got no problems fading Caroline Garcia. Uh, Jorge illustrated some of the problems that she's had. She's not developing as a player. Um, she's got great potential. She's got a big name, um, being a high-profile French player, um, you know, who's also involved in, in you know some other media stuff that kind of grabbed her some attention. Um, you know, a former top ten player who I don't think will ever uh, reach those heights again. And I have no problem until this market adjusts. 
and, and starts pricing her, you know, um, if you watch the tape and, and you didn't know her name, I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't rate her that highly at all. So, um, I mean, obviously, this is going to be rough. I'm not saying, you know, five-unit banger, right? Because Bernardo Pera, uh, I think she's kind of reached her ceiling here at, at rank number 64. I don't really know how much more um, she's going to improve at this level of her career. And obviously, if Carol brings her best, she's going to win. But how often do we say that? And then how often does she bring her best? Not too often. So uh, I'm pretty fine on my blind Carol fade. And uh, I'm going to be going ahead, and I'll be placing that bet, too. Yeah, I, you couldn't get me to bet even your money on this match, so I'm going to stay as far away from this as possible. <laughs> we got an OVA-OVA Well, I'm going, to, I'm going to put you to the test. I'll send you some PayPal money. <laughs> All right. We got a double OVA. Money, noobs. We got Anna Samova plus 106, <laughs> Alexandrova minus 130. Anna Samova, again, we, we something we talked about, I think maybe on one of the scopes or maybe in just our chats, um, You know, coming off the passing of her, you know, the surprise passing, frankly, of her father this this offseason may still be a little distracted from something like that. Um, now, assuming she's playing good tennis, this surface, I think, would favor her maybe in this matchup a little bit. What do you think, Jorge? Do you have any expectations for this match? Yeah, I think it was I think it was before the U.S. Open, wasn't it, that uh, her dad passed away? But, you know, either way, it, it's not like a t- there's a set time for kind of how that, you know, affects a person. Um, so, yeah, this opened, and this has been a, an interesting one. This opened at minus 118. I kicked myself saying, "Oh, I think I would play. I would have played it there," and then the market, I think, adjusted correctly. And at most books, it got down to minus one forty, minus one forty-five, minus one fifty, even. Uh, I think for uh, a, a few hours at Pinnacle last night, and now it's rebounded back to one eighteen where it opened again. And I think again, I'm, I'm going to bet it. Bet Hard has it minus one fifteen for those that have access to that. To me, just Anisimova's form alone and Alexandrova's form alone, without even you know, factoring in the rest of it makes it a play. Now, when you factor in the rest of your handicap, how big of a play is it going to be? I think that's that's the question you need to ask in this spot. Um, I just, you know that gut feeling you have when you think this is the match where she could turn it around? That's what I have here with Anisimova. But regardless of that fact, this number dictates a play. Even if I believe that Anisimova turns around and wins it, the numbers still dictate you play it. So, like, this is one of those things where, you know, feelings don't have uh, a place in <laughs> in kind of handicapping. Um, and I think this is a place where I'm going to have to kind of suck it up and, and, and bet Alexandrova, despite everything saying that uh, I think Anisimova turns it around. All right, Spread, what, what do you think here? Um, I kind of like the Alexandrova play. I think you're right, just given their recent forms. Um that alone, especially even at the cheaper price. Again, I'm seeing minus 130 at uh, odds portable. If we get a minus 115, that would be interesting. What do you think, Spread? Yeah, I mean, I think this is completely mispriced. I think that you're getting a great number on Anisimova because she's got a higher ceiling and greater potential in his career, but we're not betting on who's going to have a better career. We're betting on this match that's happening in Doha, you know, and right now, Alexandrova. It's, it's probably closer to her ceiling as a player, right? But she's playing much better, um, you know, lost in, in Takiki in, in St. Petersburg in, in a real tough match, uh, you know. Meanwhile, Anna Smova's two most two recent results are, are losing to Diaz and, and Stritseva, 
Um, so I'm not really too high on Anisimova at this moment. I do, I'm sure she's going to turn it around, and, and when she does, I'll, I'll probably behind the, be behind the train because I'm kind of thinking that she's overvalued by the market right now. So, I mean, I know that those uh, kind of lumps and, and that beating is going to come, but I'm going to continue to go against her uh, until she kind of finds this form. Uh, meanwhile, I'm grabbing a player who's in great form and who's one of the players that we've rated kind of highly to have a breakout year this year, you know, preseason when we were going over all the players and she hasn't disappointed. So um, really high on Alexandra over here. And I'm thinking that we're getting a cheaper price. I'm surprised this isn't like minus 150. And I think it's just because Anisimova has such a, a more, more high profile name. Owns Jabor minus 169 against Katarina Siniakova plus 139. Of course, Siniakova super dangerous as an underdog, especially on slower courts. Um, now, Spread was talking about, and, and I was talking about as well, that we like Jabor from an outright perspective. Jorge, how worried should we be in this first match? Uh, a lot of tough matches this week is what I'm starting to realize. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> now, that, now that I'm actually sitting down and you're posing these questions in this way to me, it's like I find myself saying, um, a lot. And it's like, damn, did I not prepare? Like, I had thoughts, and now I'm kind of confused. And I think that's kind of what Sinekovic can do to you is – you can like Jabor, and then you see the number, like, plus 141. You're like, man, isn't there value for Sinyakova here? And I think that's exactly the type of player she is, right? Like, just hot and cold. When she's redlining, she always looks like value. When she's out of form, she always looks like it's a good fade. So, in that sense, I'm probably going to pass here. Um, I think it's probably lined close to correctly at this point. I might have her down closer to plus 135, 130. Uh, but I like to have a bigger edge than that uh, when betting underdogs just because I like to, I like to factor in beating you know, the vague as well as uh, the value. Um, so I, I'm going to pass here. It's it's not quite at the value point. I think another 10 cents, another 10, 15 cents might uh, might induce me to uh, to back her here. What do you think, Spread? Should, or should we be a little nervous? I'm, I'm still confident in Jabor. Again, I think she's just a little, she's just so much more consistent. Um, it's still like her chances there, but are, are you a little nervous? No, I'm not nervous. I mean, uh, I think this is a great matchup for Jabor. Obviously, Sinekova, red line, she wins. You know, we take our lumps and we move on. Mm -hmm. uh, but I don't think that happens nearly as often as these odds reflect. I think Jabor has a lot of different um, styles and weapons to go ahead and frustrate her. I think she changes pace really well and, and can just do the type of things that, that Sinekova is going to get frustrated with. I think that, you know, she can she can attack if Sinekova, you know, decides to go defensive i think that more likely what will happen is siniakova will be on the offensive and i think jabor's uh, kind of combination uh, of being able to switch pace and just keep things uh off balance for siniakova is going to cause her a lot of problems it's kind of like a rhythm player and you know a player who really needs to get in that zone i think jabor has all the weapons to kind of keep her off balance and kind of prevent her from hitting that uh, red line state. I actually think this should be at about minus 200. And uh, I didn't see it line at Bookmaker yet, so but I think I'll be placing a bet on Jabor and even laying the juice here. Van Udvank, minus 145 against Herzog, plus 119. The slower surface actually might help Herzog out a little bit. And oh, she, yeah. she had been coming through qualifying, I believe, is the case. Um, so it's got a little feel for it as well. What do you think, Spread? Does she have a good chance to knock off the Belgian? Yeah, I think she does too. I like her cog in this match. I think that, um, you know, AVU, first of all, she hasn't had good form to start the year. She kind of rounded into form uh, a bit here in, in these last two in last few tournaments. Um, but I'm still not a believer. I think this is a, a terrible surface for her. 
and uh, I like Herzog um, in this match, so I'm going to be looking at Polona here. Yeah, I like Herzog as well. I, I especially like her again at this. I'm seeing plus 119, plus 120. Surprised this isn't lined even more closely than that. What do you think, Jorge? Yeah, I think that for me it's, it's been tough because she, she's only played five matches this year. She won two in Dubai qualies last week, um, but lost to Mladenovic badly. And she beat two players that just aren't you know, that great and aren't WT level yet. Um, and then at the Aussie Open, she beat Peterson when I opposed her. Uh, and she crushed me on that one. But then she got thrashed by Ashley Barty. So, you know, when she plays, I, I don't, and I think Van Utvink is probably in, of the, the three categories I mentioned, the Han and Jowdy Yu, the Peterson and then and um, Mladenovic, and the Barty tiers of the players she's played, she's 1-1 one one with a 6-3, 6-3 win and a 3-6, 1-6 loss. So she's either been dominant against the, this level of player or she's been thrashed. And... To me, I, I, I would agree that I think the number should be closer to, you know, plus 105, plus 110. But I'd like for, for uh, you know, I'd like to get a probably plus 125, 130 to play it here. Uh, I like to have, a, like I said, a bit bigger edge. I, I see a plus 125 and I'm still on the fence about it. Um, so take from that what you will. I would lean Herzog um, and might still play her, but it's nothing uh, definitive. Now, if there was ever a match that, that might be a candidate in this tournament to have 12 breaks in one set, it would be this ostapenko Teichman match. Ostapenko minus 185, Teichman plus 154. I think this is going to be a really back-and-forth match with a lot of breaks. Spread, how confident are you and your girl? Mm, I think this is a pretty good matchup for her. She's going to hit. She's either going to, you know, I don't think Teichman's going to do a lot to, to really frustrate her. Um, although she does get frustrated when players are just defensive and she can't hit the ball in. Um, completely staying away from this match. I have no idea what we're going to get from Ostapenko here. Um, you know, another player who lost her father uh, recently. So, um, yeah, I'm really not too excited about getting this involved in this match, and I'm really not too excited about Ostapenko's uh, chances for this tournament overall. Jorge, what do you think here? <sighs> If Ostapenko is, is playing her best tennis and we're on a hard court, this should be close to like minus 400. Um, but you can see the just how much the inconsistency, inconsistency gets built into her lines, right? Like she's not even minus 200 as a favorite here. Um, but the problem is, unless you're going to lay that heavy juice, I wouldn't trust her on a handicap like ever. Um, 1.59. I don't know what 1.60 is in American odds. If you guys know off the top of your head, let me know. Probably close to like minus 180. Minus one eighty five. That's yeah. a really intriguing number, and I don't like backing her, uh, laying the games. But if she does win this, I have a feeling it's not a third set tiebreak. You know what I mean? Um, and at three and a half games, I feel like she could cover that in a set uh, alone. So it's it's a really really interesting line. I think this is going to be a great match to live bet. Try to watch a few matches if you can, get a feel for what the court speed looks like, and then just see what Ostapenko looks like in those first couple of games. I mean, if she comes out playing well, you'll get a better price on Teichman, um, and hopefully you can catch her early enough to maybe even get a cheaper money line on her. So I'm going to maybe try to get a little more information and, and look for a chance here live. I mean, this match is going to be really back and forth. This could be a, a great spot to sit, watch, and trade a little bit. Um, should be a lot of fun, I think, hopefully. 
Jennifer Brady minus 106 against Allison Risk minus 114. Jennifer Brady been playing some really nice tennis last week until she ran into Simona Halep. I mean, it happens to a lot of people, but that was kind of a sharp turn in a different direction from where we saw her headed. Allison Risk, I don't think, has started really playing great tennis yet this year. Uh, what do you think, Jorge? Do you see um, an advantage for either player? Yeah, um, I do like Allison Risk in this spot. Uh, I do think that, uh, you know, long week for Brady. I don't think she's ever done that at this level against this type of player um, before. And I'm, I'm interested to see how she backs it up in another really good field against another talented player. All right, Jorge, have a great day, man. Thanks. All right, Spread, what do you see here? Man, uh, too bad I wanted to get a little feedback on this, but I am going to uh, go with Brady here. Um, I think that her loss to Halep was a complete fatigue loss. She's had some time to recover, and I just think she's in better form right now. Um, so I think with a couple days off um, – you know, obviously some travel, but it's not ridiculous, you know, not going continent to continent and through like eight time zones. So I like Brady here. I think that uh, this is this is a good opportunity for her. And I think she's in better form than risk right now. Rob Aquino minus 217 against Kirstea plus 174. I wonder if we'll get to see this match. But what do you think, Spread? I think we will. And normally this will be our ultimate fatigue spot. I'm not going to jump in though i'm not opposing ribikina based on fatigue anymore we learned the lesson with medvedev in the men's last year and ribikina is teaching us the same so um no play for me at all are you touching it no i think you got to stay as far away from this as possible it could be a yeah. short price on ribikina it could be a great spot to take your stay again maybe another spot to try to get in live but even then ribikina so hot and cold even in sets i would stay away from that one um, yep. Shea minus 182 against Vonareva. That looks just about right to me. I expect Shea to be in better form and, um, you know, again, just a smarter player against the veterans, Vonareva. But what do you see here, Spread? I think it's a little short against an older player that's kind of struggled to find, um, you know, her old success. I think that Shea should be like minus 250. I like Shea here. I think the price is a little short. Contivate minus 286 against Anastasia Sevastova. I know Sevastova hasn't played the best tennis this year. But this is an awfully appealing money line at plus 227. What do you think? And I'm staying away, man. I keep thinking that Sevastova is going to turn things around. And, you know, she did really well last year. And she had a nice little run. I think it was right around this time of the year. And it just hasn't materialized this year. And you never take Contavite as a favorite, right? I mean, no. it's just, I mean, maybe a minus 120 or minus 130, right? But I'm not laying significant juice. I'm not laying games. Um, so I've crossed this one off the list. If you said, okay, you know, talk about not betting with other people's money. If you gave me $100 and said I have to bet this match, I'm taking Sevastova. I think that's the, uh, the value as far as betting. But um, I don't really believe in either player. And we have so many great first-round matches here. I don't really see a need to force a play on this one. Yeah, this one's going to take maybe a little more homework, but I'm going to probably end up on Sevastova money line in some way. Stritzova plus 238 against Martich minus 303. Makes total sense to me. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think Petra's going to blow her away. Um, I, I'd like, I think this is a great first round. You know, we talked about uh, my poor girl, Kasekina, getting these terrible first rounds. I think coming off a long week last week, this is a great first round for her. I think the surface suits her really well. We talked earlier, we're kind of high on Martich's chances here. Um, so hopefully she comes out and she can, you know, take care of this quickly 
because uh, I'd hate to see her put a bunch of court time in on a match that she should win. So uh, hopefully Mardish brings some form here and, and can dispatch the Stritzova quickly. Pavly Chekova minus 182 against Putin Seva plus 149. That might be a fun match. I, I'm probably going to find a way to look at an over. Oh, yeah. Maybe an over two and a half sets. What do you, what do you think? I'd say you just watch this match. I think it's going to be a great match spectator-wise. I don't want to get involved. Um, the Putin Seva price looks appealing when you first pull out the odds, right? Uh, but then you go to the form, and, and it actually the price is justified. There's no reason to, uh, to go ahead and force a play there. So, um, yeah, I'm staying off. Yeah, I, I think that's definitely the move there. Zachary minus 119 against Gorgas minus 103. Wish I had gotten Jorge's thoughts here because I love this spot for Zachary at, at minus 120. This is getting a long look for me. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, that, and that's me and you are on the same page here. I know he likes Gorgas, and I think that he likes the potential here. But the Gorgas that we saw, you know, two summers ago that was really meeting her potential and threatening to become a top 10 player has yet to emerge. Um, she's struggling with injuries. She's getting a little older, and, and this is a terrible um, matchup for her, I think, even if she wins, because I think soccer is going to make her work. Uh, and I think, you know, I think she's going to have to work really hard just to get out of this first round if she's able to. I like Sakari here. I'm going to go ahead and make the play, it, you know, and if I lose, I lose. I mean, these aren't, I mean, like, none of these look like ones that you want to slam and go even, you know, I mean, these all look like half unit plays, right? I mean, these are tough matches. I'm going to get a little money down here. Um, I'm not really too excited about really any of these spots except for Siegman's the only one that I think I'll go a full unit on. Uh, but I will be putting a half unit on, on Sakari, and I really like her form right now. And uh, I think the surface suits her well, and I think this is a tough uh, first-round match for Gorgas, win or lose. Yeah, I think I'm going to be on Sakari here. It just Again, uh, this might be something I'll take a little time and try to watch day one. This looks like it's going to be a day two match and just confirm that the courts are as slow as we think they might be. And then if they are, right. I'm, I'm going to jump on Zachary minus 119. So I'll reserve judgment for the time being. But uh, if it looks slow. Yeah, and I don't think that number is going to get away from you either. So I think that, you know, you're you're perfectly, um, you know, I think that's a great idea to go ahead and watch. Right. And if they are a little quicker than we expect or, you know, you don't have to make the bet. But I don't think you have to worry about that line getting away from you. Schweitek minus 118 against Vekic minus 110. This is going to be an awesome match. I don't see much from a value perspective here. What do you think? I like Sviantek here. I think that, um, you know, I think that these conditions are going to uh, favor her. Uh, Vekic is real hot and cold. We see the best Vekic. I think that she could um, win. But uh, other than that, I, the chances of that, we haven't seen a lot of Vekic this year um, to really get us excited about her form. I do think she's going to round into form. I think she's going to be a terror once we get over here um, to the United States this summer. So I am high on Vekic overall this year, but not right now. Um, I like Sviantek. She took a couple weeks off. Uh, she should be rested, which is nice for a young player kind of adapting to the tour. And I think the surface suits her well. I'm going to be on Sviantek. Yeah, I think I lean Sviantek, but it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a pass. I mean, I just like Vekic games so much. But again, if this, if this is another one, if it looks slow, I'm going to think about this. Yastremska minus 303 against Flipkins, plus 240. Um, I guess it's Flipkins or pass. I can't believe I'm saying that, but I have no interest in Yastremska at minus 300. Do you? No way. I'm not I'm not playing this match. I, don't think, I think Yastremska wins, though, but I'm just not laying the money. All right, Vondrasova, similarly priced, minus 303 against Shai Shai Zhang, 
plus 240. Again, that one looks right to me. I wouldn't even actually mind Von Drusova's maybe a parlay piece, but what do you think? I don't want to get involved there at all. I, I think that you go off form. I think that Zhang's playing a little better. I think Vondrasova's got, you know, 10 times the potential and even playing, you know, 50 to 75% of her potential, she wins. Uh, but I think she's real tough to predict at this point of the year. I think that I'm going to chill on Vondrasova and just wait till Clay to just start uh, betting her, you know, week in and week out. But for right now, um, she's a stay away. And the final match, Shui Zhang, minus 152 against Carla Suarez Navarro. CSN's <laughs> plus 123. I don't know what you do with this. Like, it seems like... You don't. I you don't. Zhang, you don't even watch it. Ugh, this is ugly. <laughs> you don't even watch it. You don't bet it. You don't watch it. <laughs> I guess you're right. Is this, is this the worst match of the first round? I guess it depends on how you feel about Garcia Pera. Uh, but that's it. the worst going to be. A, at worst case, is a beautiful disaster. Uh, this might This might just suck. Um, yeah, I think you're right. Let's let's not talk about this anymore, Sprit. <laughs> Any other thoughts Sounds on like a plan. Doha before we wrap? No, you know what's funny for uh, I think that I think that I got the idea here. I think that we got a, a bunch of small edges. I think most of the plays that I gave out, I'm going to go either a half unit or a quarter unit. Um, so you know, I placed them all on Bookmaker. I like to spread my action out across the books. Um, but I don't think I'm even going to go full unit on any of these plays except for Siegman. I think we have a bunch of small edges, um, and I think that it could also blow up in our face. These are kind of unpredictable matches. But I'll tell you what, this is why we love the WTA. You know, from the first round on, right, we have a ton of fascinating matches um, that I'm really excited to watch. So I'm um, looking forward to this tournament. I think we'll be doing some uh, periscopes during the week, checking in, right, because uh, – I mean, boy, these, these potential quarterfinals and semifinals are just going to be so much fun. Um, I really think that, you know, now the season's kind of started. Uh, we, we've established which players are in form. We've got some great storylines. The WTA is in full swing, and I'm really looking forward to this tournament this week. I think that's a great idea. We'll try to set one up for the quarterfinals. Um, now, let me run through quickly all the first-round matches just to wrap right. there. Now, refresh my memory. Did Jorge like Wong at plus 219? I know you and I did. Yes. All right, so all three of us there on Wong plus 219. Again, just half a unit on the dog. Full unit on Sigmund minus five, five and a half. Half a unit on Kasatkina plus 300. Um, we'll go a full unit on Alexandrova minus 130. And then a few other ones. Jorge and I like Kudermatova minus 133. Um, spread, you liked Para. Um, spread, you and I liked Herzog. Jorge liked Risk, and I liked Sevastova. So... A couple kind of individual plays there, but the the one that we all the ones we all stacked hands on Wang Jiang half a unit at plus two nineteen a full unit on Siegman minus five minus five and a half you know whatever number you've got there half a unit on Kasatkina plus two ninety nine and a full unit on Alexandrova minus one thirty spread did we miss anything is there anything we could possibly talk about uh, for Doha knowing that we'll be back tomorrow to talk about some Acapulco. No, I think this is a lot of fun. You know, I love running through these tournaments with you guys. And, um, you know, what's funny is originally doing the prep, I didn't think I was going to be making a lot of bets. And I'm looking at a pretty full bet slip right now. Granted, I did lower the stakes because um, I do think that we need to tread carefully. But uh, a lot of fun to, to talk through these matches with you guys and find some extra angles that I think I missed on my own. All right, man. Good job. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate all your support. Again, reach out to us with your thoughts at NetworthPod on Twitter. Um, you know, Look out for a scope sometime tomorrow. We'll try to do a little better job of letting you guys know when those are going to happen. Scheduling is kind of tough and touch and go sometimes. So um, 
but we'll try to do a little better job of giving you guys a head up as to when those are coming. So appreciate your support and uh, talk to you tomorrow. Good luck in all your wagers.